0: This episode is produced in part by Keep It 100 Productions, a podcast and video production company that specializes in sharing stories of everyday people. Whether you're looking to start your show or need assistance with the upkeep and editing, Keep It 100 Productions will provide a solution that is custom built for your needs. To learn more, visit keepit100prod.com. That's keepit100, the numbers 100, PROD.com.
1: Welcome to What's on Your Mind with me, Jenny Ratt.
0: This is another blast from the past. This conversation was recorded on July 16th, 2020. Welcome Shilpi Misra to the pod. She and I were classmates in Chapel Hill, and this is a fun episode where we talk about everything from the Mandela effect to Black Lives Matter. So we cover a lot of different topics. It's one of the old school episodes where we're just gonna cover a lot in a short amount of time. And I hope you like it.
2: Hey Shilpi Mishra, what's on your mind? Well I just want to say thanks for having me on. Um, this is fun. Um, I mean you know it's like you know you'll hear it throughout this conversation I I'm I'm like a very uh, the extremes. Mm-hmm. I think so hard about things, and I think almost nothing about most things. I uh, that's why
1: you're the perfect guest for this. No, no, no. But I'm
2: like <laughs> full Capricorn. Like I, I'm like either an intense preparer for everything, or I, like it's not on my radar. Yeah. Um. And you know, you ever meet people who can like tell you stories? Like they'll be like, um, they're so good at telling you exactly what the Higgs boson particle is, and they can do it, and you're like how like unless you're an astrophysicist or whatever like why would you know that but they can also make like paella or they can also speak like 14 languages and you're like how did you become this person who, who are these people you know no, <laughs> i don't know no no, no 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 but i'm like okay do you ever like in your life you meet people and you're like how do you know this information oh 100 like, percent. i just thought you were me. giving
1: me a very explicit example of someone and i was like i need to know this person. no
2: but i just mean like you meet people and you're like in what, you it's not even like the realm that you operate in, you yeah. know, you're, you're a teacher, but you know all this stuff, and I'm not that person, so, and when I, and so I really do have to do a lot of preparation, but I didn't have time for this, but something that I have been, um, thinking about this week is, so, I'm a big conspiracy theorist, <gasps> but, like, but, like, okay. in, like, dumb ways, but in, like, dumb ways, because I'm also foremost a scientist, and you know this, like, I I really reject um, b- bad attempts to discredit science, and I don't I don't believe in that. Like I I'm a full you know I believe in the moon landing. Like I believe that stuff. But on the other hand, you know history and socio cultural events and news, you know I, you know those things. I'm I'm my mind does wander. And this week I was susceptible to a conspiracy theory that is absolutely dumb and is not true. And I have figured it out. It's not true. But the reason I bring this up is because I think a lot of us um, are so, we're afraid of like false, thinking about false memories and deja vu and different forms of memory. So I figured maybe an interesting conversation for your listeners is thinking about um this thing called the I remember it's called the Mandela effect. Have you ever heard of it?
1: Okay, you know it's so funny and I feel like we must have seen the same thing at the same time. I literally just saw this on like pop up on my social media a couple of days ago and it's been on my mind as well. But um the one that I was going to I have to find it. But apparently and maybe I'm just don't remember US history. But I also thought that the Statue of Liberty was on um oh shoot, what's the name of the island that when the when immigrants came they Ellis came island. Ellis Island apparently it's not on Ellis it's like Staten Island Staten Island right no, it's on something it's not on Staten Island either but that is I just don't know things, but it's not on Ellis Island. I knew that oh you didn't know that I didn't know that
2: but, but I thought it was on Staten Island because it was like. You could see New York City in the distance or something,
1: well, so what's really weird again, this is where now going back to your conspiracy theory, is that people are finding um old pictures, like on Google and things like that, where they're posing in front of the Statue of Liberty. and like the location and stuff says um Ellis Island, but then they're just posing there. and then there's nothing there behind them. And it says, like Statue of Liberty. like there's like weird.
2: Wait, you're going to have, so they're posing in a photo. It says Elsa, but there's nothing behind them. Yeah,
1: they're like posing next to the Statue of Liberty. Um, And like, it'll say like, oh, like Statue of Liberty, whatever. And then you can see that the photo is from like, you know, the 90s or whatever like that. But then if you, but then there's no statue there. Like it it looks like the photograph was taken where there was a statue. But then when you actually look at the photograph, there's nothing there. So they're just posing in front of something blank. And then in some photos, you can see a base and some photos you can't. Just saying, man. Wait, Conspiracy
2: that's theory. wild. I know. Okay, I want to look up where the Statue of Liberty is <laughs> because I'm like, what is my? It is.
1: It's apparently called Liberty Island. Oh,
2: Liberty Island. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, and I need to, and I'll have, I'll do. I can do this afterwards, but I'll send you the um these photos that I found because that's why when you were like oh conspiracy theories I was like I I literally sat there at the night time I and mean, probably because it was two o'clock in the morning and I was so sleep deprived but I was just going down the rabbit hole of oh, what if the statue moved
2: I mean the thing is is like in modern day examples do you think that that's possible because and this is like a larger conversation right like some of these false memories, I feel like grew with us as we've gotten older, Mm -hmm. right? That we've really doubled down on them, our minds. Um, I don't really know much about memory, but I feel like there are like lots of different kinds of memories where there's like the kind of general understanding of a memory. And then there's, um, specific like memories of specific words. And so like, you know, the idea that, you know, Janie, I, I have memories from us in college, but I don't, I don't remember anything that we talked about really, or like this, things when we first met I could not tell you what I was wearing or you know how our hair was but I can tell you generally so I'm like how much of this could even happen now I know
1: yeah I don't know and I also think about how there's sometimes those word puzzles I don't know if you've seen them but it's like count the number of s's in this sentence and like generally most people will always skip you know a couple s's or something like that because it's apparently the way our our mind works to simplify things. So when we read a, a, a word, most people don't read a word and look at every single letter. We just, we just look at little bits and pieces of it. And it's our, our brain's way of just processing things faster. Because if we had to process every single bit of information coming to our head, I mean, it would just it would be overload. So our brain has figured out ways to uh, kind of create shortcuts so if it sees you know a couple things it kind of fills in the dots so I wonder if these Mandela effects are something similar where maybe collectively as people maybe we all kind of maybe in our heads it was like oh we we think of the Statue of Liberty we think of Ellis Island because of the um what's narrative. yeah tumbled. the narratives and just like association and then maybe just all of our brains were like yep Lib- the Statue of Liberty is on Ellis Island. Yep. Yep. So yep I yep. wonder if it, it could just be like weird shortcuts, um, yeah. maybe that our brain is doing. Right. But also I think of things of like, I, I mean, I know this is a movie interstellar, but my, my, ba- my brain really does sometimes think about how you know, what if every person does experience their reality a little bit differently? And my favorite book is actually a book called Einstein's Dreams. And it's a fiction book, but it's about kind of a, as Einstein was maybe thinking thinking about the theory of relativity, uh, you know, the dreams that kind of he had, and every dream was a different realm of reality that people existed in. So for example, I think one of my favorite ones was that for some people, time actually does move slower for them. And he was saying an example of this is like, you know, let's say you're having a really hard day at work and we kind of even say, you know, like time passes more quickly when you're having fun. And mm-hmm. that idea in that chapter is like, that is actually happening. Time is actually slowing down a little bit, um, for those folks or, um, you know, maybe some people experience time in a more linear pattern. Maybe some people experience in more of a, a circular figure eight pattern. And then maybe sometimes the way one person experienced time and another person experienced time intersect at some time. And then that's when deja vu happens. And I get I
2: just about to say deja vu. Yeah, I get
1: I get deja vu a lot. So it's like as much as I like to, to challenge kind of like what you were saying of like, you know, I, I don't want to discredit science but i'm like maybe there is also a, a scientific explanation of of the way we experience
2: time <laughs> absolutely and like we only know like 0.1% of science i think that's the exciting but also terrifying part of all this is we only know how much we know and yeah. we stick to these principles so dogmatically as a people because anything else would be terrifying, right? If we ventured past what, you know, uh, I brought up the Higgs boson earlier, but just what, what those scientists who are the most daring of scientists tell us, that anything more than that is like truly something our maybe our minds can't comprehend in this realm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but to, to your point about um, different real, uh, realities and, Deja vu, I frequently have these experiences of I feel like I dream things that then happen later. Like I can almost, it's like a premonition, I guess, maybe is that the word? Where like I'll have a dream about something and it's almost irrelevant to my life. And then maybe weeks later I will have felt like I've already experienced that. I I do the same thing. I do the same thing.
1: And I've heard that again, I I don't know how real this is, but um that like different personality types can kind of can kind of do this, or um, I recently went down a rabbit hole and, and got into like a kick of knowing, of learning like what different or like aura types and aura colors. And apparently like there are some aura types that can do this. So I mean, there, there are people that are, that I think do experiences, this, experience this. And that's why there's this need for seeking out, okay, but why does this happen? Why does this happen? And, um is it an aura thing is it because there's a time thing is it because we're experiencing realities is it because um you know we are able to to you know is are our dreams a gateway into a different into a different time or realm that you know we don't experience so dude my mind has wandered there too this is fascinating conversation
2: I think so. And like, um, two more points that I was going to say, and like some people would argue a lot of this is trauma too, right? Like how has trauma impacted our memories? Like I personally, I, um, and separate from conspiracy theories, but like I had, um, a really traumatic thing happen in my early childhood, such that I really don't have a lot of memories from that age. I was about nine when it happened. And, um, I don't have a lot of memories of my childhood and that's not like uncommon, right? It's hard to remember things from your childhood, but in ways that other people have memories and, you know, to to play, I hate the word devil's advocate, but is how much of that is falsely constricted too? Mm. um, uh, I don't have them. And so a lot of my quote memories are from photographs, but I'm like, I don't remember those, you know, re in a true, I don't have like a physiological reaction to any of those things. Um, Do you, like from your childhood? I do. Um, I actually have very
1: vivid childhood memories, but this is not um, uncommon to, or what am I trying to say? I, I, what you're sharing, I've, I've heard before because my sister is actually very similar and she and I have talked about this a lot. So she's eight years older than me. And we grew up very differently because in those eight years, just, you know, my, my parents kind of raised us a little bit, a little bit differently. And, um, you know, she shared with me that her, her childhood was, was pretty hard for her. Um, just a product of either moving around a lot and just not really feeling like she fit in. And then, you know, as my, my parents were kind of newly immigrated, you know, just the impact that kind of had on her as a, as a, first-generation, really young kid navigating living in the U.S., and it was hard for her, so she, um, it's not that she actively blocked things out, but, you know, to her, it was, it was almost like this childhood kind of psychological trauma that she had because they were just all these experiences that she just hated, and, um, I remember one time I was talking to her about oh you know like this thing happened in kindergarten she was just like yeah I have no idea what I did in kindergarten she was like I she said the same thing you did she was like I know things that happened either because of stories that were passed down or um looking at photographs but she was like I can't actually look back and say oh you know in first grade I remember being on the playground and this thing happened versus I I have very vivid memories as early as maybe three years old in preschool, but she is, she's very similar, um, to you in that she just, I think her earliest memories might be late middle school, high school.
2: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to our, just tying this all together, right? Like how we go to these memories too, like, do we, how they're embellished for us, um, by us too, right? Like, I don't really tell a lot of like uh, early childhood stories because I don't have any to, to go off of but it wouldn't be hard for me to embellish a story right. right based on some photographs that were found in a family album I could be like in preschool I had this birthday party at my preschool with and I was wearing a Dalmatian sweatshirt and blah blah, blah. I don't remember that at all without this photograph I would have no idea that this happened it's so wild how we truly don't know sometimes whether our memories are circumstance of embellishment or if we are actually believing them
1: all right it's time for a quick break and let's get back to it yeah oh that's a really good point that's a really good point because there are even times where I will I will look at a photograph or maybe somebody I might hear my parents say something and then it's like does that inspire a memory or does that help create the memory and it's kind of hard to figure that out and again I guess that's just how our brains work (laughs) but um yeah that's that's really interesting to just think of um wow I don't know why my mind just went to like a true crime kind of thing but Mm -hmm. I was like thinking of
2: um yeah you know like like serial killers right (laughs) there you go I had a lot of sympathy for him, actually. I was not one of those people that initially believed that he did it, mm. and I don't even know what the resolution is. But, or, uh, but I think his, his circumstance is so interesting, where he you would I was just gonna say like how that um, it was a Best Buy, right? Where he and and this idea of like how do you not remember all these incidents that happen in, in this story, and we're all screaming at the, you know at the podcast thinking. You would know this, like you would. You would want to clear your name so urgently that you would. And I don't know, right? Like I don't know if you experienced trauma, if you experienced like what your body was going through in all of this, how you can dilute your mind or change your memories to believe certain things, and then you yourself really do believe it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I and I even remembering. it's funny now I'm not I'm like thinking I'm like yeah I remember this um but when she was interviewing him and asking him about things you wanted him so badly to just be like yeah I remember that but he was being so honest by saying I don't remember that and I don't remember if it was in serial or just something else I was reading but how we don't sometimes remember the most mundane activities we do and that's almost why I'm pivoting this to a totally different separate topic, but why mindfulness is, is like, they, they kind of talk about these things of you do, you do mindfulness activities to help you could be in the present and remember these mundane activities. So um, like a really minor thing I can think of is, okay, where do I put my keys um, when I come home and a mindfulness activity that I had to practice to learn how to where put my keys are is rather than just like putting them down and then not remembering, I literally have to say out loud, I'm putting my keys down on the counter. And then it's like me being aware of that moment and then literally then by doing that, I'm making it stand out in my head because otherwise I would just do it because it's just such a mundane activity that my brain is not gonna remember where it is, unless I name it. So same thing, like before I leave the door, I have to be like, I turned off the stove, I locked the door, I
2: put down my keys somewhere. love that you brought up that example because i have um some like mild ocd but it's it's not like uh, debilitating um it's more just i have a lot of chaos in my brain and in order to rationalize the chaos i have to do things in an orderly way but it's again not like debilitating like i need to switch the light on 45 times but i without fail put my keys in the same spot every single day and without fail. I might have checked my wallet. I, knew- I know I keep my wallet in the same place. I just know it. I'm that kind of person that without fail before I leave it, I check. Again, I do a quick ransack through my backpack. I got my wallet. I, I have everything. I check the stove. I-, I just do it every single day because my mind is filled with so much chaos. Mm. That I'm like, I don't know where those memories to like, did I? did I remember? Was I even near the stove? I was. No, I wasn't. I didn't even cook last night. I wasn't, and I just create these associations and then I panic. And so for me, I didn't. I don't even consider it mindfulness. I consider it more like um, harm reduction. Yeah, that oh, right? that's interesting, yeah. Um, is exactly what you said. Keys in the same spot, everything. I mean, I, I don't live an organized life because I want to. I live an organized life because I need to.
1: That is so interesting you say that because I, I am... I'm similar, but different in that I, if I don't name it out loud that I'm doing it, I sometimes may not do this, may not have that pattern of putting things in the right place. And then when I don't, oh my gosh, like you don't want to be around me when I've lost something and that I can't find it. It's not like I have a normal stress reaction. I feel like I've gone, like I feel like my mind has just gotten lost. Like I have a complete panic attack if I have misplaced something and I can't find it because I literally sit there being like what, where where did I put it down if it was important I would have said the sentence I put it down somewhere and then I just oh I just lose it so oh my I love that you said harm reduction because I have to do those things I have to say that out loud in order to reduce the harm possible harm effect of me having a panic attack
2: later because in the future a, it's, a, it's a threat against your um it's a threat against your sanity, maybe. Yeah. And I'm, and I, it's like a threat against like, um. it's why gaslighting is such a, for me, I get really triggered by anyone questioning my truth because I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm so susceptible to having so much going on that I'm like, maybe I, maybe I did say that, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I wouldn't say that. Like, I'm not that person. I wouldn't have said something like that. I'm so easily susceptible to which is probably it all really ties together with conspiracy theories. so i'm like is that true maybe so i think it's all kind of i think you're right about something like different personality types or different auras or like different um you know, if you believe in astrology different kind of circumstances create different people who you know what for whatever reason needs certain certainties
1: yeah oh that's so interesting i didn't know that we had this in common <laughs>
2: Well, and um the other uh big one that conspiracy theory about all this is uh that we're in a computer simulation. Have you heard that one? Wait, I don't know about that one. Please tell me. This one, this one is the idea that we're actually this is like this isn't none of this realm is real. Somehow we are in this like computer simulation and any kind of disruption to our collective memories is actually a glitch. Um and, like, we don't know what part of our realities will change next. Um, it, it's kind of separate from what we were talking about earlier, where we live in multiple realities. In this case, we're all in one, mm-hmm. and there are kind of, like, circumstances that are controlling how we view the world. Oh, that's and it's interesting.
1: Kind of- it's like uh, the simulation in Hunger Games.
2: Oh, I've actually never seen Hunger Games. Tell me about this. Oh,
1: one. did you re- Did you ever read the books? I didn't. Oh,
2: Oh I, I don't goodness. know nothing or everything. I, there's no in-between with me.
1: Oh, oh, it's a fast, that's actually the, the first series I think I read after Harry Potter, because after Harry Potter, I just lost the will to read, because I was like, nothing's as good as this. <laughs> but then, uh, I actually really liked Hunger Games. It's another, <laughs> it's another one of those, like, um, kind of good versus evil, like, people kind of rallying together. There are these different, um, I guess, districts, and each of the districts are very different, like, in terms of wealth and poverty and who lives there and and what they do um, and things like that. And as a way of kind of, um, like, population control, essentially, and all of this has been uh, assigned by the government, every district nominates somebody to go um, fight uh, in the Hunger Games and so each each district like nominates somebody it's supposed to be like such a big deal but like essentially you know everybody dies other than one person and um you you go into like the hunger games arena and it's actually all um it it it, like it looks like real life but it's a computer simulation Mm. so it's it's like the the puppeteers are behind the scene and they're like like government employees essentially Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's more. That, that's essentially just the plot of like the first book, but then it ends up being about like political uprising and like people coming together to fight against their government. Oh, it's Totally a Shelby book.
2: <laughs> I mean, actually, but here's the thing, like not, this is where my conspiracy brain is like, where do you see the parallels in, um, in, in real life? Oh, it, is this even for real life? But you know, if we're if we're assuming the assumption is we are living in in the same reality, you and me. Mm-hmm. I I'm like, where do you see the puppeteers? Like, who who do you think those actors might be?
1: I don't know, because I feel like then it would have to go even higher than like the government. <laughs> like, it have to be some like some other entity. But I mean, I even think of like this year, twenty twenty. Like, could twenty twenty be the, ult- the ultimate test of? of weeding out humanity.
2: <laughs> yeah, when you say weed out, what do you mean?
1: It's almost like like I want to say survival of the fittest, but it's almost it's like beyond that. It's almost like, okay, who are the physically strong, who are the intellectually strong, who can who can like basically take all the punches and and kind of survive, who's good, who's like the the what most well-rounded strongest of the strong and mentally strong that can even get past all of the trauma that people might experience in 2020? Like, I just think of maybe somebody's,
2: maybe somebody's screwing with us. So in that sense, do you think certain people get to have certain realities?
1: No, I think, I think like, so this would be under the assumption, like, okay, this was all a computer, a computer simulation or something like so that. We're in so one we're, base reality. Yeah. So right we're now. all in one, we would all be one, one based reality. And then it's almost like somebody's just throwing all this stuff in 2020 to just see how everybody is going to react. And then with all of the, it's almost like who can, who can survive beyond the chaos?
2: Mm. And then that's who
1: then gets to continue to, maybe it's like a way of population control.
2: Oh, that's, and that's where my mind goes real quick to uh, conspiracy theories, because I don't think they're conspiracy theories. Like, I actually think if we're really going to become serious for a second. I actually think that the way that the governmental structures are set up are a form of population control oh, particularly in, in ways in which monetary resources are, are given and not given. Mm. Um, you know, I think, you know, I'm not trying to work for USAID, so I'm just going to be very, very honest. Places like the World Bank, USAID, um, institutions that decidedly give resources to develop. Quote non-industrial. I mean, I hate the phrase like developing countries, but yeah. non-industrialized countries, previously colonized countries, there is money. Mm-hmm. And if you're 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 a dummy if you think that there's not money. The U.S. is, for example, the wealthiest country. There's always money. We print money. It's all good. We got money. And the way that we deliberately decide budgets is, to me, a form of population control.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm with you there. I've never had it spelled out like that, but yeah, you're a hundred percent right.
2: And that's, I don't even think a conspiratorial, No, that's, I, just I, reality. <laughs> that's just reality. Right. I, I, I think that people who are so, um, think that governments act in purely good faith. I want to, I'm so suspicious of those people and I work for the government. So it's not that it's, it, it's just, it's, you know, there are bad actors and any, any, in any simulation, right? Any video game, will, uh, there's always, there's kind of a, a duplicitous bad actor there yeah. can be. Unless it's Animal Crossing, that feels like the one thing where are playing.
1: I actually never played it.
2: I haven't either, but every beautiful, or every cute little photo I get from it is like, I'm gonna go collect peaches, and I'm gonna stop by my friend's house.
1: I was gonna say, so another conspiracy theory I, I've seen about this, so not the computer simulation, or not that we're all Experiencing different realities is that um maybe a, I don't remember what the event was. I'll have to go back and look at it. But apparently, like there was this certain event that happened, like maybe ten years ago, and then that's actually the day that apparently, like the world ended. And then since then, it's just been like chaos. <laughs> that's that's a that's another it, conspiracy theory. White is that the word? No, no? I think it was the discovery
2: of the Higgs boson boson oh the large hadron collider thing
1: okay there's a conspiracy theory that the world ended in 2012
2: that's that's one yeah okay the large hadron collider um like supposed to like split the world or whatever yeah i remember earlier i was like someone who could explain all this you know you need me but i absolutely cannot so <laughs> but but um yeah no okay so that's a conspiracy theory or that's real that's like a scientific oh no oh, it's a conspiracy I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And like, are are scientists talking about this, or it's someone? Uh, it's an article I saw on Upworthy. Oh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> well, because like that's a legit institute, right? Like, I you know, I again, I like to bring up like there are scientists doing really. Un- Remember how a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, the military was like, "Yeah, UFOs are real," and we because it's 2020, and the the news cycle is just absurd. We really floated past that so. I know I know and then and then there was
1: this uh just a couple days ago I think it was a couple days ago over India actually did you see that there was like some green meteor over India and everyone was like that's a UFO
2: (laughs) I didn't see that and that's how you can like we're all not also not looking for these things like
1: I mean I'm sure so many people have at this point if you are privileged enough to do this have turned off the news to not take in just all of the horrors in the world I know some people obviously can't don't have the privilege of separating right. myself from what's happening. But, um, I know my, I, myself particularly, I, as best as I can, I've tried to, to, to separate myself at least a little bit, um, because it was just starting to get to my mental health.
2: <laughs> oh, no, that's really good. I feel like I'm super doom. I'm such a doom scroller. I'm <laughs> like, I the more bad news like I don't want it but I need it and I need to cool it because it just it'll really upset your brain um yeah
1: I was like I there was a point I think um when these when the this round of this round I don't want to say when it just started it's always been been happening since the civil rights movement but this kind of round of protests that have been happening and I think since there was a solid like two three weeks where I just wasn't sleeping at night because I was just on like overdrive of like activism work like whatever I can and oh man it really got to me like I, I just I was getting so depressed I was getting just so irritated of that I there are some people I still have to start from level zero to have a conversation with and I'm like but I would I took on the responsibility because I was like this is my social responsibility and then I just wasn't sleeping for three weeks and it
2: takes a physiological toll yeah who respond to all of this. I mean, we are not built, talk about false memories and and creating our brain structures. Our brain structures were not created to take in this much despair and harm. I mean, evolutionarily, the community, you know, pastoral communities, older, like older, but just um, communities, they traveled for sure, but they only were around certain experiences and Therefore, their brains did not, you know, continue to to see this much harm, mm-hmm. and and now because of the technology that we live in, and honestly, the the the, the circumstances of the world, we just see so much harm on a day to day basis. Yeah. that we don't know how to process it, and we we just compartmentalize, or we we escape, or, or we you know, like I think about how psycho, how, like it's pretty psychopathic that we walk by homeless people every day. Like, it's not normal. And even the best of us who want to martyr ourselves and think that we're somehow, we're doing more in the world than others, it's psychopathic that we walk by homeless people on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's a form of, like, trauma and despair that we watch every single day. You don't need to turn on the news.
1: I know. Yeah. I mean, and there are, like, um, I think of, you know, we when... when these awful events are happening so frequently we are we sadly are starting to get numb to it and um and that's one of the reasons why I, I I I say this of like it's a it's a it is a privilege if you can turn off the news and then feel like something's not going to impact you because that is not the circumstance for a lot of people that just turning off the news isn't all of a sudden going to make their lives okay because they are they are the ones experiencing it every day and so that's one thing like when I when people kind of tell me oh you know like take like take a breath whatever I'm like okay yes on one hand I understand but also on the other hand like there are so many other people that just can't turn it on and off. And I'm so hyper aware of that, that I, I would like, I would like to at least use my, I'm trying to figure out how to use my privilege in a way where I can be an educator. I can be an activist. So that people that are on the reg experiencing this and, and don't have the privilege to just to turn off, like I can kind of s- to s- step in to give them at least somewhat of a mental break. But right. um. It's, it's the
2: the, the air mask or air mask. It's the mask. It's the being on a plane, right? You take care you put your mask on first before you can help someone else. You can't, how much good can you do in the world if you're not taking care of yourself? So there's, there's that end. But then there's also the, like, a lot of people are like, I hope you're taking care of yourself. And I'm like, it's not a burden to do the right thing. Yeah. Like, I just don't get it. Like it, it, everything feels urgent and it doesn't hurt me to try to be better every single day, it yeah. just doesn't. And if it feels like this tremendous burden, then I encourage you to look into yourself and be like, "Why does it feel so heavy?" Because try being the person that it's right. happening. To.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm like, yeah. There are some days where I'm like, yeah, sure. I didn't. I didn't like sleep good for three weeks. Okay. Yeah, I can reflect on the fact that that happened to me, but like, I'm not gonna sit here and make a pity party about it. Like again like i i'm not even the person that this happened to like i'm gonna be okay it's not about me i'm gonna rally i don't need to sleep and and do some like self-care to like get balance like no i'm in this i'm i'm in this for the long haul it'll be fine but like this this movement is not about me and my ability to you know have balance and and whatever like i'll do that i'll do all that when all this is done
0: thanks for listening If you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, all of the things. Thank you to all the supporters and sponsors of What's On Your Mind. Check out jannyrod.com for my latest updates. Well, friends, until
2: next week.